He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. So what you've said is quite true. Sir, she said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, the time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one who is speaking to you, I am he. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. So we're continuing in Tools of the Trade. <clears throat> Last week we talked about quiet, solitude, silence. How'd we do? Did you find your one-minute spot? Your place to go? Did you hang out in the car after you got off work? Just for a minute to take a breath and talk to God for a moment? <clears throat> At the end of the service... Last week, I asked a question about that thing that's on your heart, that's on your mind, that, that thing that's weighed you down. Do you remember that? That thing. Did you take it and put it in his hands? At least for your one minute? And let him handle it? Do you have an answer to your thing? That can be a rhetorical question, but it doesn't have to be. <clears throat> because it's about experiencing and connecting with God. That's, that's why we're here, right? So that we can deepen our relationship with Him. So it's not just some entity that is far away, that we just talk from here to there, but that He's with us and that we're in relationship with Him. Right? That's why we're coming to church. That's why we're learning. That's why we put things out there that we have to practice. That's why we're talking about tools of the trade. What are the tools that we need or that we've been given to deepen our relationship with God? Today we're going to talk about worship. I want you to keep practicing the silence thing, though. Right? It's good, isn't it? You know what else it helps? It helps control your tongue. Remember this? Mm -hmm. That one thing that just kind of does all this, makes a mess all week, and then you've got a couple nights to try to figure it out, clean it all up, and how is this going to work, and how are we going to 
<clears throat> get back to where we were. <clears throat> All that doesn't happen if this is happening. Silence is beautiful sometimes, isn't it? Sermon in a sentence. Your worship. Worship is your reflection of God's glory. Thus the mirror. Now notice I didn't angle it to where you could all see yourselves. That would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Right? Kind of make you feel a little vulnerable. At the same time, you'll get to see what I see. But the mirror. Mirrors are about reflections. Worship is us reflecting God's glory back to Him. You ever heard the phrase, man, that guy worships the ground she walks on. Or vice versa, or whatever. Have you ever heard that? Worship the ground that they walk on, my word. At points we're like, what's his problem? Because, I'll just use the guy for example, because with my wife, I know her, I think she's amazing, I want to spend time with her, I want to give her things that match her character, give her things that I know she loves, that I know is worth who she is. Ooh, that's a good one, isn't it? I know who she is. I know the value she has and the worth she has to me. And I don't give her any junk. Right? Because she's worth it. That's how I see her. That's how I understand her. That's how I know her is she is worthy of my best. The things I give my wife reflect who I see her and know her to be. There will come a time that you will worship in spirit and in truth. Worship. We are out of the mindset of a few songs and we're done worshiping. In my reflection to God, in worship to God, then, life, then worship is my lifestyle. That's, that's who I am. I am a constant mirror to reflect God's glory back to Him. Worship. Now we can get into, well, you know, Ian, you don't know what I've done, and you don't know who I am, and you don't know this, and you don't know that. You know what? <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to know. I got enough of my own junk. I'm kidding. I'll listen to you anytime. <clears throat> but we say that, don't we? Well, what about what, you know, Ian, I just did, I just did this, I just did that. This is one of the reasons I love Psalm 8. We read it this morning. Have you ever pictured yourself like this? Crowned with glory and honor. 
crowned with glory and honor. When God made you and he breathed life into you, that's what he did with you. He crowned you with his glory and his honor. We are made in his what? Image. God didn't make any junk, did he? You are crowned with glory and honor. But see, we don't see ourselves like that often, do we? We've been so beat up by the enemy that we've actually traded our crown for shackles. We've traded our honor for a prison cell. And God, who, as we come up on the Easter season, gave his son and he shed his blood, looks from heaven through the veil of his own son's blood and does not see junk. How could he? You're valuable. You have worth. You have been crowned. You have honor. Our job is to make sure our mirror is clean so that he can be reflected in it. And you know what? When we can't clear our, clean our mirror, guess who will? He will. Because he loves us that much. Worship. What an interesting perspective, isn't it? To be a mirror. That it's a reflection of God's glory. His worth. We all have favorite teams or TV shows or cars or whatever. So much so that we'll go buy shirts and hats and bumper stickers and clothes, all this kind of stuff that we want to support our team because you know what? We, we have team spirit. Good or bad, seasons in the toilet or riding high, I'm still a Browns fan. <laughs> I'm still a Steelers fan. I'm still a Bel Air Big Red fan. I'm still a... You fill in the blank. Because you know what? We have that spirit. God is looking for people to worship Him in spirit. One of the reasons that we are so into our teams or whatever is because we know a lot about them. We like them. We've grown up with them. They're part of who we are. <clears throat> God was there when you took your first breath. And it comes back to, and this isn't out of how bad we are or, or condemnation because that's not of God. But we get to know Him by reading our Bibles, by spending time with Him, by being in the quiet, by being silent and listening for His voice, by prayer. It's getting to know Him. And that's His Spirit that lives in us, the Holy Spirit, and our Spirit coming together. And when those things happen, there is an adjustment that takes place in our lives. Romans tells us that your mind will change, right? There's a mindset shift. You don't see things like you used to. We had a praise this morning. 
God, thank you for vision. Just physical? No. Are we thankful for physical vision? Absolutely. What about spiritual vision? Because when your spirit and God's spirit connect, and they intertwine, and you begin to understand and know more of who He is, then you see things differently. That is a point of worship. You see, worship is not just music. Worship is thanksgiving. Anything that you're doing that reflects God's glory back to Him is worship. Anything. That's why the Bible says and talks about cheerful givers. If you're writing a check and you're giving more money than you maybe you personally want to, but you know that God has supplied everything for you and He's pushing you in faith, and you're doing it out of His glory and thanks, thanksgiving to Him, because you know what? He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, does He not? And all the potatoes underneath. He owns it all. And if you're willing to give with a heart of thanksgiving, that is a reflection of His glory back to Him. So it's not just singing, it's it's doing, it's being, it's speaking, everything. That's why I say worship is a lifestyle. It's something that we move into. I was out in the store um, this week, and this guy comes out from behind the counter, works there. I'm in the waiting room with Ian Thomas. And he comes out, probably mid-20s or so, and he starts talking to Ian Thomas about protecting himself against the influences of the world. I mean, just right out of the gates. Doesn't even say, excuse me. Just, boom, man, he's right in the conversation. And I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to it, and I'm, you know doing all I can not to crack a smile, but I can see where this guy's coming from. God allows me to see his heart and what he's, what he's about. And I just said to him, I just looked at him, I said, hey man, I need to stop you for a second. And he's like, okay. And I said, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you putting it out there. In the middle of the store, with other people in the waiting area, he had such a heart to talk to Ian Thomas to protect the young, the kids who are growing up in this world, who I found out as a young man got hooked on heroin. Horrible childhood that God saved him from. And he didn't want to see another young man walk down that road. His testimony was a reflection of God's glory back to God. So the things that happen in our lives, and unfortunately, we rate them. We see the things that are happening with, with Madison and how God is working with Andrea, and we go, man, that is fantastic. That is huge. That's amazing. Man, God is using her to do such great and amazing things. What about me? What have I done? Do what you're called to. 
if no sin is greater than another, there is not, then there is not a rating scale on who's more godly than somebody else because one person does this and someone else does that. Pastor Phil was talking about team. We're all part of the team. We're described in Scripture as the body of Christ. Body parts. We're all part of one body. We each have our different function. Doing your function is you moving and living and using the crown that has been put on your head and the honor that you've been given. That is worship. That is worship. The Bible talks about that we're to worship in spirit and truth. In spirit, as I mentioned, the Holy Spirit and our spirit from our heart being genuine. Being genuine. The songs that we sing on Sunday. Is your heart in a position of saying those words genuinely to God? Tough question, isn't it? It can be. Well, you know, I, you know, maybe I really don't. Maybe that the that that style of music is isn't really what what gets me going. Really doesn't help me connect. I'm not talking about the music. I'm talking about the words. Well, it would be easier. You know what? Get past that and go look. What are these words saying? And I'm speaking them. Is that the heart of worship? Song sung by Chris Tomlin. Song sung by Chris Tomlin. First line, when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come. If all you had was this rail up here, could you worship? If you didn't have that, could you worship? Because you know what? There's been times in all of our lives when we have faced something. And talk about the choir singing that song about the valleys. There's all, every one of us has been in a valley at some point in time. And you know what? You didn't need music. You didn't need a prayer rail. All you needed was the bathroom floor because that's where Jesus was. Right? That's where he was for you. And that's where you could meet with him. And that's where you pouring out your heart in a genuine fashion was a reflection of God's glory back to him. Do you know why? Because we admit that we're at a point in time in our lives where we can't do it. But we know he can. And that's the glory that gets reflected back to him. In truth. The truth of who God is. Learning Him, understanding Him, knowing what His voice sounds like to you, what His fingerprints look like as you're walking through life and you see these God moments and you know that God is, a, is in and doing something. You recognize His fingerprints. You know Him. You know Him for what the truth of the Bible says. Not what we think. I've had many conversations with 
with people that they think God is a Santa Claus up in heaven. And you send him your wish list. And if you're not on the naughty list this month, you might get it. Not what you think he is, who he is. That's the truth of what Jesus was talking about. Even at the woman at the well, she started to divert the conversation because God, Jesus was getting pretty real with her, right? Okay, well, you don't have a husband and what you said is true. Well, well, yeah, well, you Jews say that we're supposed to worship over here. And we've all done it. God brings things into our lives and people have brought things into, into our lives and we're like, okay, divert. Next subject. And she did the same thing. And Jesus is like, no, we're going to bring this right back to truth. Worship in spirit with your whole heart connected to his heart and in truth about who he is. That's what Jesus was talking about. And he says there's going to come a time and the time has now come. Church, we're living in those days that it is time for us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. What's your worship? You know, there are times that we feel like, you know, man, I just there's something in me. I just kind of want to raise my hand. Raise it. This isn't about the people sitting around you. It's your reflection. Not, I don't, I don't know when that happens to anybody that goes, you know what, I want people to see me, so I'm going to raise my hand. Here's my worship. Look at me. If you've ever felt that in your heart to put your hands up while worship, while songs are being sung, while scripture is being read, while I'm up here teaching and, and sharing, what is that? Let me guess, it's your own self-ego that wants to get attention. Because you want everybody to turn around and look at who's raising their hand, right? No. As a matter of fact, our spirit is telling the Holy Spirit, I don't want to do that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to find myself a place to sit down, make sure I get my hands under there in case I just get kind of crazy and it just kind of breaks loose. Right? We think those things. It goes through our minds. But your hand raising, because it has stirred in your heart, is an act of worship that is a reflection of God's glory back to Him. And it's okay. It's okay. Worship. Why do we worship? One, we're told to. Right? We're told to. It's an act of obedience. Another, as, as though we're, talk, we're, we're talking about tools of the trade and our connection and how do we, we connect deeper and closer to the Lord. But worship is also a weapon. Have you ever been at those points in life when it just feels like things are just kind of crushing in? It's almost like you, you get in your car 
and you feel like the windows are about to bust out and the roof is going to cave in and you almost can hear the metal crunching, maybe that's a little too descriptive, but that's a little glimpse into my life. But do you ever feel that pressure? And as soon as you get in your car and you turn on worship music, what happens? That pressure stops. When you're feeling it in your heart and mind and you turn on your phone or you start humming a hymn or you just get on your knees and in silence don't say anything, you feel the pressure stop. Worship is a weapon. Worship is for war. And that's in the heavenlies. Daniel chapter 10 is a perfect example. Daniel is fasting and he's asking the Lord questions. Angel shows up and says, As soon as you ask, the answer was released. From heaven to come to you. But there was a fight, there was a battle between the angel that had the answer and the demonic force that was over Persia. Daniel chapter 10 calls him the prince of Persia. There was a battle in the heavenlies over Daniel's answer. And Daniel fasted and he prayed. That was his worship in that moment. And because of that, God honored that, and the answer came through. He won the war. But that pressure and all that we feel, that time of anxiety that flares up in us, I mean, to the point where you start to feel hot and red and nervous, and you can't stop moving your fingers, and your leg starts twitching. That's battle. That's spiritual warfare. And worship helps that. Worship is something to use. So it's, it's important to determine what, what's your worship. Is it in the quiet? Is it reading your Bible? Is it journaling? Is it a walk in the park? Is it at the beach? Is it on your knees? What's your worship? Worship is our reflection of God's glory back to Him. It is a tool of the trade. It is something to learn. But it's something that God has given us to even share with us and to teach us how to do it and how to further connect with Him. We are living in the days when we need worship, church. We need it. We need our lives to be about worship. We need worship to be our lifestyle because there's so many people out there who are lost. And there are so many Christians who don't know their way. But God is showing that to us. And He's calling us to step out and to learn these things and to be an example so that others can connect with Him. Because you know what? He loved them and died for them just like He did us. Father, Lord God, we thank You for our time together. God, we thank You for Your blessing. Lord, I thank You for loving us, for walking with us. God, for holding us close, for understanding and understanding where we are and where we need to go. And God, I just ask You to 
revealed to us through your Spirit who we are and how you see us. Father, remind us of our crown. Remind us of the honor that you gave us. But Father, help us to keep our mirror polished and clean. And if we need help, to ask you for it. But God, that we would just reflect your glory back to you and to everyone else around us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.